What's going on, everybody, and welcome into another edition of B-Shafe Daily. My name is Brennan Schaefer, alongside you here on Sunday, June 6th. And we're talking about a sweep as the Cardinals fall to the Reds on Sunday by a score of 8-7 to in what felt almost like two games, the way things broke down for St. Louis at Bush Stadium. It ends up being the Jesse Winker game as he goes deep three times, two of them off John Gant. We'll talk about his outing and how the reckoning finally came for his Houdini act that he had been able to deliver time and time again so far this season, working around traffic constantly, came into this game on Sunday with a league-high 34 walks allowed. His whip was nearly higher at 1.52 than his ERA of 1.60. That ratio certainly changed on Sunday as Gantt goes just four innings and allows seven earned runs, allowing seven hits, three walks, and a hit batter in those innings to raise his ERA to 2.63, more than a full run in just one outing compared to the previous 1.60 mark that he entered the day with. And it was Winker making Gantt pay for his mistakes from the get-go with a two-run homer as the second batter of the game makes it 2-0 Reds after a Jonathan India single to start that inning off. And then Gantt does do a little bit of a, a, a trickery, a Houdini situation, if you will as that first inning could have been a heck of a lot worse than it was. I looked up at the scoreboard, 21 pitches John Gant had thrown, and he was in a dangerous spot with just only one out, and runners on second and third after a walk and a double to Tyler Naquin. And in that situation, he only would use one more pitch. Eugenio Suarez grounds the ball to third base, a great play by Arenado to throw home, recognizing that the runner from third was going on contact. Andrew Kisner caught today in lieu of Yadier Molina, who took the day off after the knee contusion on Saturday. Kisner hustling all the way, running down the line, gets the tag, and then notices that the runner from second base had strayed too far away, and he makes the throw to second. The tag there is applied, and it's a 5-2-4 double play to end the inning. John Gant has had his share of double plays to escape jams this season, but I don't think he'd had a 5-4-2, or pardon me, a 5-2-4 instance of a DP until a heads-up play by Andrew Kisner on Sunday afternoon. So right there, you know, John Gann hadn't been at his best. He gives up the homer. He gives up some more base runners, but is able to hold it to just two runs. But Jesse Winker was coming around the corner to make him pay once again in the second inning for a walk and a hit batter. Didn't get away with those as Winker hits his second home run to almost the same spot into the right field bleachers which made it 5 nothing Reds, and at that point, it was clear that John Gant was not going to be able to, to pull his magic act the way he's been able to accomplish several times this season. He gave up two more runs then in the third inning to arrive at the total of seven. By far, Gant's worst start of the year. He had before today only one start in which he had allowed three runs. That only happened once, and he hadn't allowed more than three in any outing at all. Every other outing was 0-1 or 2 runs permitted by the Cardinals' number 5 starter entering the season. And this was a day that you could kind of expect to eventually arrive if John Gant continued to play in traffic the way that he had. And, you know, today he said his stuff wasn't as sharp as it ought to have been, as sharp as he would have liked it to be. Recognized that Winker put some good swings on the ball, I would say so, to have three home runs. And ultimately, the third from Jesse Winker comes against Alex Reyes in the ninth inning. 
that's the dagger, though it didn't necessarily have to be, as the Cardinals had another opportunity three days in a row with a chance to win the game in the bottom of the ninth inning, or at least extend the game as they had the tying run to the plate or better in each of those situations Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Today it was second and third, nobody out, and the Cardinals weren't able to get another hit at that point. You had O'Neill pop out, and then you had Edmundo Sosa and Jose Rondon both strike out to end the game after Goldschmidt led things off with a base hit. Nolan Arenado, the ground rule double down the left field line. If that ball stays in play, maybe it rattles around in the corner a little bit more. Goldschmidt's able to score as the tying run, but he had to be held up at third base because it was a ground rule double. And that's a tough break for the Cardinals, but there were plenty of other opportunities to make their mark on this game. Give them credit, as Mike Schultz did after the game, certainly. You understand the manager of the team is going to do that, but gave them credit for their mentality to never say die. They stuck with it, and in the sixth inning, erupted for a big inning. Seven runs. The Cardinals batted around. They worked their way through the Reds' bullpen, had a couple of pitchers come in for Cincinnati, neither of whom recorded a single out. And then they got T.J. Antone in there, and that's just bad luck. The line drive by Paul Goldschmidt that he gloves and is able to double a runner off first for a double play, that's a heartbreaker in that situation because the Cardinals, I mean, who knows when that inning ends if Goldschmidt's ball is able to to find the outfield grass just a hot shot right back at the pitcher that he makes a nice play on fresh into the game. And at that point in the inning, the Cardinals have basically batted around. I think Goldsmith was the ninth batter to come to the plate, and they hadn't recorded a single out on you yet. And you get a home run from Tyler O'Neill to kickstart the party. You get consistent good at-bats. The big double by Matt Carpenter really stood out as a 3-2 pitch. He takes it to deep center field. Ball was kind of clattering off the glove up against the wall there, but he gave it a ride. Uh, off the bat, I thought maybe Matt Carpenter had just done the ultimate. You know his record with the bases loaded has been tremendous throughout his career. And like I've mentioned in the last couple of episodes, don't look now, but Matt Carpenter finding his stroke a little bit at the plate and continuing to take his walks, hitting the ball hard as he did earlier in the season when he really started off in April. The storyline at the beginning of the year was him hitting the ball hard so consistently but never having anything to show for it. Right now he's getting hits of a variety of types to drop in, and this one was well struck in an important spot in that sixth inning for the Cardinals. Nolan Arenado deserves a lot of credit as well for after the Goldschmidt lineout and the double play. He's the next batter up. The inning could potentially be over with the win taken entirely out of your sails at that point, but Arenado hits a legit base hit over the head of the shortstop to score two more runs and tie the game. He had a phenomenal day. Four for four with a walk, reached base all five times that he came to the plate. And some of his hits over the last couple of days as he's been trying to work his way out of the slump that he had been in, he was getting some dinkers for sure and had one single at least today that I was like, oh, there's kind of another blue pit for Arenado. You take them all, all of them count, but really good to see him strike the ball well today, get rewarded for it, and and play a big part in this game for the Cardinals. But you fall short because of a combination of things, really, and this is the part where, you know, Mike Schultz talks about his frustration and it's valid, but he talked about the fact that he's not concerned about his team, and I think that's where some fans might be dreading hearing quotes like that, and I'm going to play them at length for you here because Mike Schultz, I wouldn't call it a rant, but a little bit of a mini get some things off of his chest situation following a, a tough four-game sweep at the hands of the Reds, who now only trail the Cardinals by a game and a half in the NL Central. Like, eight games ago, the Cardinals before they started the stretch of 1-7, and seven, dropping 7 out of 8, which concluded today 
the final game of the 17 and 17, 17 games in 17 days. Before that took place, the Cardinals were in first in the NL Central. Then they got passed by the Cubs. The Brewers have since passed them by. And now the Reds, after taking four in a row from St. Louis, not too far behind either. So it's not been the trend you want to see. Mike Schilt, understandably frustrated. Fans are beyond frustrated. You've seen it on social media. People are looking in every which direction for things to blame for what's been going wrong with this team. And there's been no shortage of of areas to to look and fingers to point. You know, you're pointing them in all directions because starting pitching has struggled, in part due to underperformance. John Gant, bad today. Carlos Martinez, really bad in his last outing. You can look at injuries. Kwon Young Kim goes down. Jack Flaherty goes down toward the beginning of this stretch. You already had lost Miles Michaelis. Relievers. The walks continuing to be a problem. It's just not been good on any side, and, and there's varying reasons for all of it on the pitching side. Then you look offensively today, it's great to have a seven-run inning. No question about it. But it was the first game over the stretch where the Cardinals scored more than four runs. So you're losing a lot of games because the pitching has been inconsistent, but the offense has been pretty consistently not very impactful. And so they haven't been able to rise above and kind of cover the pitching in any of these games because they're struggling on a regular basis as well prior to today and really in any inning outside of the sixth in Sunday's game. They put up all seven runs in one inning and they didn't score in any of the other frames in the contest. So that's not the way you want to draw it up for an offense. You want to be able to impact the game through multiple innings. You want to take advantage of the rallies when you have ducks on the pond. You want to be able to bring those guys in and certainly, I mean, the ninth inning was the, the most prime example of an opportunity to do exactly that, and the Cardinals fell short in that spot. So they're just a touch off right now, and I can understand when you hear Mike Schilt here explaining his distinction between being frustrated but not concerned, because concern would mean he's not seeing his guys go about their business the right way, and they're folding, and they're not sticking with games till the end. I mean, it's hard to argue against the fact that they've stuck with these three last games until the end because, as I mentioned, in each ninth inning, they had a chance to either tie or go ahead with the batter that was standing at the plate. But that's not always going to be good enough, especially when you're on the backside of a seven out of eight losses situation and you're fading fast in the division for a team that has championship aspirations. And I know they've been through the gauntlet on the injuries, and that's still something they're going through presently. You're going to get Paul DeYoung back here pretty soon. Ideally, Harrison Bader will be behind him. On the pitching side, you don't really know how long you'll be without Michaelis and Flaherty. My guess on both is it's going to be quite a while. Kwon Young Kim could just end up being a couple of weeks, but he hasn't been at his best as it is. John Gant, season-worst outing today. Carlos Martinez in his last time out, season-worst outing. So you've got Adam Wainwright pitching okay, and that's about it as far as the rotation is concerned. Didn't do a podcast yesterday, but you did have Johan Oviedo give you four innings of two-run baseball. Was much better when it came to first-pitch strikes. Didn't have the control problems as much as he had, which had really gotten to him, caused him trouble in previous outings. So a step in the right direction, no doubt about it, for Oviedo. But that's only going to get you so far, especially a guy who's not quite as built up where you know he goes four innings. You can expect maybe if he remains in the rotation to get five or so out of him. But that's only when he's sharp. He was relatively sharp yesterday, still out a couple of runs, and you were only able to get four out of him. Granted, I believe there was a spot in that game where a pinch hit 
situation necessitated bringing him out of the game. He might have been out anyway. They weren't talking as though Oviedo was going to go super deep into Saturday's start. Just one of those things, though, right now. The Cardinals just not clicking, and they're coming close, but no cigar. And fans are understandably tired of, of hearing about that. Mike Schultz, though, he's going to, to stick up for his guys, and he did just that, describing his frustration, but not his concern following a difficult weekend of baseball at Bush Stadium. There's no consolation prizes in this game. We understand that. But I can confidently tell you this, um, you know, my fr- I'm frustrated, but I'm not concerned. Uh, you know, the reason I'm frustrated because we weren't able to get work, you know, get the result that we would like to have in the game. I'm not concerned because when you have a group of guys, commission's point, you're playing clean baseball. You know, our walks are down. Um, so that narrative has, has improved. Um, and we fought our tails off and competed at every turn. There'd be concern if there was other things that were taking place. Um, lack of effort, lack of fight, lack of competitive spirit, um, you know, not playing clean, playing sloppy, beating ourselves. Um, but that wasn't necessarily the case the last this whole series. And while it's frustrating, um, I still have there's ton to feel good about with this club. And I, I feel great about this club. I'm proud of frustration lies in not getting, you know, a reward for the effort over the last three days. It's been pretty damn good um, for a group that, you know, it's it's. Um, Maybe no one wants to hear it. I'm not I'm not really sure what you want to hear. I, I care to some degree. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know if anybody cares about, you know, people working their tail off and, and you know, playing 17 straight and tough flights. I mean, that's our job. No, and I'm not complaining about it. But frustration is when you see people that that work through that, make zero excuse for it, um, figure out a way to, to to compete and lay it out there when they're, you know, mentally and physically beat up and do everything they possibly can to to come home with, you know, one more run than the other team, um, you're frustrated when you don't see a reward for a group that's laying it slap out there. I mean, you you watch a series and guys, I mean, again, you say, well, that's you do their job. But, you know, it's a group that every, every term was all go, everything they had, and I got a ton of respect for that. So my frustration is for the lack of uh, – lack of, uh, return on the investment. I just want to ask one, and maybe this is real inside baseball, but does that. So that's a lot to take in from Cardinals manager Mike Schult, who certainly does not sound like a guy who is down in any way on the effort of his players. You have to understand a manager going through the wars with this team over the course of the last 17 days, I'm sure, as you heard Schult allude to a little bit, said he didn't want to make excuses, but he is bringing up the fact that They did have another stretch of 17 games in 17 days that they just completed tonight. And on some of those games, you had some flights and some bad timing. You remember it maybe being discussed a few days ago early on in this Reds series. Game one happened on Thursday, and it was coming right off of a game on Wednesday night that began at 810 Central Time in Los Angeles, which is a weird thing. And I think we talked about this a little bit in a previous podcast earlier before the weekend began. But it's, it's kind of bizarre that the Cardinals have this situation where on a getaway day from the West Coast coming back to St. Louis, you have to start a game at 8-10. I don't know why. And I, I get it's like a primetime situation, and Cardinals-Dodgers is probably a game you want to have in the evening if you can because it's I'm sure it's better for ratings. But at some point, I think they got to consider the, the grueling stretch that the Cardinals are within at this point. 
and maybe make a different decision there. At least give them like a 610 or something. If you want to do like a 4 o'clock start out west, whatever it is, maybe better than 810. Cardinals didn't get in until something like 5 a.m. on the red-eye flight the next day. Played well enough in that game on Thursday, but took a close loss as they then proceeded to do for the entire weekend, losing to the Reds four in a row. Not sure if I brought this up yet on the podcast, but it's the first loss in a four-game sweep by the Cardinals at home at Busch Stadium since this week, actually, of 2009, June 5th through the 8th of 09 against the Colorado Rockies. They lost four in a row, so that was 12 years ago, and they do it again this weekend against the Reds. I haven't independently verified this, but I've seen it in enough places. 1990, the last time the Cardinals lost a four-gamer to the Reds at home in the form of a sweep as they did this weekend against Cincinnati. So absolutely dire straits right now for the Cardinals. A lot of the angst is well understood. It's as bleak of a point in a season as I can remember in quite a little while for the Cardinals. I know they had their ups and downs last season, but when you consider, and again, last year was COVID-influenced, and so it's hard to make direct comparisons to that, but when you consider seven out of eight losses, the sincere, dire hits they're taking to the starting rotation with all of these injuries... The fact that their outfield is a little bit makeshift at this point with the injuries they've had to that group. And you, you it just seems like every other day somebody new is banged up. Yadier Molina probably going to end up being okay for Tuesday night against the Cleveland Indians. Mike Schultz said tonight that he would have been in that game in the ninth inning to face the Reds' closer, Lucas Sims, if the pitcher spot did come up. He was the last man standing on the Cardinals' bench and so he would have been the pinch hitter in that situation. It didn't come to that, but given that information, it would seem that Yadier Molina should be, after the off day on Monday, ready to go back in the lineup for Tuesday based on everything with the progression of his knee situation that took place on Saturday. Took a foul ball off the kneecap, tried to stay in the game, actually finished the inning, was able to talk Mike Schild into it, as so often happens, it seems like, when Yadier is injured and trying to play through it, but then gets off the field, not able to take his next at-bat in that game yesterday. But nevertheless, certainly a situation with the Cardinals right now where things aren't looking great. And like I said, I think the frustration from the fan base, which is warranted, comes from a place of it just seems like no matter which direction you turn, there's not a lot of bright spots to be considered. And even though they have battled in these last few games, to, to be losing the way they are right now and see the Reds creeping up on you in the standings, the Cubs and Brewers continuing to play pretty good baseball. You can easily see this thing starting to slip away from the Cardinals here only in early June. And it's not as though the Cardinals are set up right now from this day forward to have a lot of success either because of the injuries. So not only are they losing in the present, but you can see how the slide could potentially be prolonged into now they're dipping down close to the 500 mark with all these losses. They could end up getting passed by the Reds and into fourth in the division. That's just not something that was ever imaginable just maybe even a week or two ago as the Cardinals held at least a pretty decent margin for first place in the NL Central. They'd been dealing with their problems, but they've all kind of come to a head within the last eight days. And here they sit on this Sunday night, just a game and a half up on the Reds for third place in the NL Central, trailing the Brewers, trailing the Cubs, and in desperate need of an off day, which will arrive on Monday. So maybe the Cardinals are able to get into a situation where this off day does them some good. They can return against the Indians just a two-gamer. 
find their footing before they head to Wrigley Field to face the Chicago Cubs in front of a full-capacity crowd there in Chicago, which will be the new way, the new norm for Wrigley Field starting this weekend. They're announcing, they've announced it. It's full capacity, just like the Cardinals will go to during the following homestand. They're going to have to be on their best behavior, <laughs> on their best A game when that Cubs series takes place. The offense, I think, is going to be key in that series, especially if you get some warm weather at Wrigley, you get the ball flying out if the wind goes in just the right way. I'm not expecting the Cardinals pitching staff to be suddenly, you know, back together looking strong by the time that series arrives. It's just a a few five days from now. And so my estimation, the Cardinals' bats are going to be really important. The bullpen as well, because you can have your best relievers carry you even if your starters don't go out there and throw gems. Cardinals are going to have to score against the Cubs next week, and no question about it. But before we get to that point, it'll be a short, a short series, pardon me, against the Cleveland Indians this Tuesday and Wednesday. I believe it's another off day Thursday before they head to Chicago on Friday. So we'll see what the Cardinals are able to drum up after Monday's off day. Definitely the pressure beginning to ratchet up on this St. Louis club as they continue slipping in the standings. Looking for some way, somehow, to end this slide. Seven out of eight losses for the Cardinals. Appreciate you guys, as always, for joining me for B-Shape Daily. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the show. You can go on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, any of those hubs, and anywhere else that you find on the anchor.fm slash bshafer12 more platforms tab. There's about ten options in total. Would love to get you on board on the regular if you're somebody who only listens occasionally. Let me know what I need to do. Send me a DM at bshafer12 on Twitter and say, hey, here's what you need to do to get me to listen to all the podcasts because I want you on board as, and listen, maybe part of it is uh, the Cardinals need to freaking play better because I'm tired of listening to you break down losses. That's fair, but stick with me. Going to try to make it fun for you. And for sure, we'll be talking about what trades the Cardinals could potentially end up making. That'll be a conversation that continues to heat up. That may be what I go to on Monday, since the Cardinals don't play a game, start to look into some pitching, some starting pitching that the Cardinals could potentially look to acquire because Lord knows they need it right now as the rotation is in complete shambles. All right, appreciate you guys once again. That's going to do it for this edition of B-Shave Daily, and we will talk to you on Monday with some trade conversations. How's about that on B-Shave Daily?